13th floor. The 13th floor. Welcome everybody to the 13th floor where the furniture isn't always the best, but the views are amazing. I'm your moderator, B. Jones, on the podcast, and I'm joined by Muttley, Mike D. Williams. What's happening? <laughs> What's going on, T? <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just happy to be here. In your presence tonight, you're in such good spirits, man. I know the show going to be live. Oh, I'm just happy to be here, too. It's only ginger ale, people, I promise. Don't let them lie to you, America. No EJ, Barry, be real. What's going on? You know what time it is. Another beautiful day in Zamunda. I've been all over the place, around the world and back again, I feel, but you know. Now we're here on the 13th floor, chillaxing. Furniture ain't always the best, but what? You know the, the rest. Views are amazing. BJ, what's going on, bro? All good, baby. All good. There it is. There it is. And Coach K, you in the dark, but you in the light. What's going on? I'm in the dark, but I bring lightness because I'm so black. I go to reverse the negative. Yeah. Boom. Just like that. Marinate on that, America. Marinate we're starting off the show with bombs, baby. Yeah, and uh, my bad, fresh man. You know, I was just trying to get. I got, I found this Muttley laugh mix. Um, you know, so I didn't mean to play it while while you're doing your intro. So if you wanted to go again, you know, so the people can hear you. Um. Well, again, you know what time it is. We are here live, direct. Nothing going on, but uh, another beautiful day in Zamunda, man. Thirteenth floor. What up? I definitely thought that was Mike actually laughing. If that Muttley was going, I, I did too. I definitely had no idea. <laughs> Oh, really? No, that was me actually playing the monthly laugh. <laughs> I, no I thought it was him laughing again. That's, That's hilarious. hilarious. Go ahead, bust it out one more time, Mike. <laughs> I'm definitely editing that at the end of the show. <laughs> Oh, man. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the 13th floor, where you see we have much fun, much fun on the show. Hey, I uh, messed up, y'all. When I was in Vegas, um, my hotel... Hold on, man. What happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. No, man. Uh, <laughs> my, my elevator actually had a 13th floor. In oh, Vegas? Really? Yeah. Gambling capital that picture. You didn't take that picture, man? No, man. I, I, I thought about it. Like after the fact, I thought oh, I should took a whole video sequence of me getting on the elevator and hitting thirteen. Oh man, you missed yeah. a real opportunity. That's not like you, man. I don't yeah. know. That would have been perfect too, because I could have. Oh man. Now, now, now we're gonna have to make a special trip. I got to find a building with a thirteenth floor floor. Besides ours. There it is. <laughs> Why your video just pause like that too for a second? <laughs> Everybody <laughs> gonna get your real tonight. Gin and ale, yeah, everybody got it. Is that right, Mike? Herb, cigarette, cigarette, weed, Tennessee, vodka. Ha, 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 ha. <laughs> okay, so it is post-election night here on the 13th floor, man. We had one of the largest turnouts in midterm election history, one of the most historic midterm elections last night. Uh, I want to get you guys' take on it, man. Uh, it's pretty interesting. A hundred and I think it was like 13 million people actually voted in this midterm election that's up from like 89 and 2016 and 2014 it was like 90 some people or whatnot so great voter turnout i feel like we got some big wins a few losses in there but i think they paved the way for some greater things to come what you guys think go ahead laugh mike because it's comedy <laughs> <laughs> um, what's comedy girl uh so you said we got some big wins, but I think we got big wins in some places that, yeah, they matter, but for 2020, um, they're not as impactful as we think they'll be unless the voter, the voters turn out. Mm -hmm. um, so losing Florida, um, mm -hmm. losing Rick think, Scott cannot lose, man. It's crazy. Well, you can't crazy. lose it. So, never mind. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we gonna get to you. <laughs> losing Florida, I think uh losing Ohio. Um, for what looks like we may have lost Georgia at this moment. Like, you know, some of these are governorships we're talking about, but mm -hmm. um they're still big, you know what I mean? Because they, they own their state. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh so these things they'll they'll be impactful, they'll hurt, and then you know, with them picking up more seats in the Senate, the Senate actually 
holds somewhat more power than the than the house does. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you know, we'll see what happens, man. It, the jury's out, and then I don't know if any of you saw his his uh, press conference today. I didn't get a chance to check the press press conference. Um, but Basically, I heard he man said, "Look, I know y'all got the house." And any subpoenas and hearings and investigations you guys want to start just means that we won't work together on anything um, for the country. Um, and if you start investigating me, I'm going to investigate you. So basically the same thing they did four years ago, three years, two ago? years, two years ago. Yeah. You know, you know, not saying it's right, but same thing you did. Okay, great. So he's using his leverage to say, all right, Democrats, start, start, investi- start investigations. We just won't work together on anything. Yep. Nothing will get accomplished. Well, I don't think much is going to get accomplished because I don't think there's any type of uh, bipartisanship anyway. Um, and now that you have to work with him, and you can see he's already on the defensive, uh, especially with the firing of Jeff, Jeff Sessions and this new AG, uh, what's his name, Whitaker? Or not AG, uh, the, the Justice Department. Uh, I think his oh. name is Whitaker, and he's supposed to be even tougher on this uh, Russian probe or any probe for that matter into the president. Um, that's just going to you know, be his, I guess, his big stick he's trying to wield at this point in time. Um, but yeah, Carol, I know you pointed out the, um, the losses in, well, supposed loss in Georgia, the supposed loss in, in Florida. Uh, but I do think Stacey Abrams and Andrew Gillum fought such a hard fight that I hope that the voters that did turn out, um, don't be discouraged because I think if Andrew Gillum continues to work on the platform, especially now that amendment four got passed in Florida, mm, definitely. that's one and a half million votes that can go either way. But if just half of those votes were taken in by him, we might be looking at a different race. But look, man, you're going to see something come out. And it's been out in some of the circles that I follow for the longest. They're going to run a campaign that says the Democrats put most of those people away in jail anyway and made them felons. And they're going to say it came from the Clinton administration. Just wait and say, you'll see. That there's there's at least some truth to that. If you have to go back and look at the progression of how everything was put in place and different laws were in place, but when you look at those that have been out and have actually applied to get applied to get their voting rights back, the systems that are in place that kept them from doing that was what the current governor and uh, the previous governor had put in place. Actually, just the current governor actually put in place. Um, to keep people back, to suppress those people from being able to get their voting rights back. So the process was never set up to be anything. So no matter what side you look at it on, it's it's really how people are feeling that day when they would go. Um, and that's like for the it, disenfranchisement, um, the, the felon <clears throat> being able to get yes. their rights back to vote. Yes, because if you look at the history of what's going on with him, I mean, literally, they said they saw, they met twice a year, and I, I gotta go back and fact check everything. They met two or three times a year, and they they've only heard four hundred cases, five hundred cases a year out of the tens of thousands that actually apply. So, and it's a random. You may be one, and they pick, pick you. You come up, you have to go in front of him of the board, and barely, basically, they told you it's our decision. It's nothing written in law. We just how we feel this day. If you deserve to get it back or not. Wow. And that was it. Yeah, and this man still can't lose a, a freaking race. Um, but, yeah, it's it's crazy. I also think that Texas was another state that I was looking at. Mm-hmm. Beto O'Rourke, Beto O'Rourke uh, made a lot of headway uh, for a state that's traditionally red, and he actually got it to be on that, you know, edge, borderline purplish kind of color. And it's due to the influx of certain urban cities like Houston and Dallas where you have more of a Democratic uh, vote there. Check this out. So as of November 1st, the number of Texans who cast an early ballot had topped the state's entire turnout for the 2014 midterms. Wow. Wow. That's quite a stat. It just shows people, people are there. People just don't need to get discouraged about what happened now, because one of the things you got, it's not an overnight success. People got to realize that. And that's why I was trying to have conversations today, the last two days about everything at today. Today's on the first day of the election. Good Lord. It seemed like we had a couple days already. Um, yeah. 
people want change right now and understand that this is the first step. So getting people out, out to vote. Again, voting is one day of the year. The other 364 days matter as well. So what you're doing in the meantime to get people out, to educate people, to do stuff in your communities, to build up coalitions, to do all these different things, to fight these different um, initiatives is going to be key in, in keeping the voters um, not voting numbers where they're at now and then adding on to them as we go. People don't get right. discouraged what, what, by what's happened. Take it as little steps. Again, the 1.4... Now in 2018, when we get to 2020, is the presidential election, and we're looking at other key races in the state of Florida. Like those, all those people need to show back up, and there's 1.4 million people need to register as much as many of them as possible and get them out the vote too. It's yep. it's it's a marathon, not a sprint, and and that's what people got to realize. Change is, is is a long marathon, and you can't think of it as this, uh, you know, quick sprint that we're hoping that you know. Gillum getting in was going to be this huge, you know, bonfire effect that was going to make everything just change. It's just like how we felt with Obama. It was great to have him come there, but watching the progression, seeing the the gems and jewels that he's left, it, it's about that and, and understanding, you know, the momentum is still here. Things are still moving in the right place. It always um, is a slap in the face, right, to get the reality of how we still stand in, in, in understanding that it's still not built for us but it also is good seeing that we are making the progress in order to get the pieces in the right places. So a couple more stats. Um, so more than 3.3 million voters between the ages of 18 to 29 voted early ballot. That's a 188% increase from 2014. So don't count out these young folks, these millennials, as we call them, that's my wow. that's my biggest hope is the the young seeing how um involved in 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 the right areas that they are they don't care about um old money and that they, they are very conscious of the environment and understanding like you guys are trying to drive the planet into a space where it's not going to be here for me when you know I'm I'm your age and so I'm I'm very impressed by you know the younger generation and how um however they are with their, their being involved. Yeah. And they still made up the smallest amount of uh, voter turnout, um, but people age 65 and up. So speaking of old money, um, not just old money, but old way of thinking, um, they turned up probably the heaviest um, in the early voting population. Mm. <clears throat> what was their number? Okay. Uh, it doesn't have their exact number. Um, you talk about nationwide, right? Yep. But if you give me a second, I'll find it for you. you so when I when I look at the nationwide thing, I I kind of I go back and look at the big picture. So you talk about some, you talk about race, you talk about gender, you talk about all these other backgrounds and things that now come to the forefront and the change is happening. And Ian said it best: it's like it's not it's not a marathon. You got to take it. It is a marathon. It's not just a sprint right now, right? So we had so many women who actually won races in key areas that had never had a woman candidate even come close to winning before. So what you see is the change is coming um, slowly but surely. And then again, don't discount be the minorities as well because there was a couple of um, some Muslim women that won. There, yeah, there was a lot of Muslim women. Um, some the first Somali, the first Somali, the first mm -hmm. Hindu. There was two um, both openly gay uh, winners as well, a female and a male. Mm -hmm. Yes. So uh, when I when I we talk about a difference in thought, a difference in the way things are, um, people are running. People just communities are electing people now. So if you look at these small wins that add them up over time, once you get to the point where the critical mass it hits critical mass. There's going to be no stopping the change that's going to occur. And what should be happening now is the fact that, yes, some of the Democratic candidates may not have won the gubernatorial races. There may be some Senate seats or some House seats that did not go the way that you expected it to go. But if you look and see their reaction when the the status poll from in Florida is, it was a basically almost a one-to-one -one vote in the state of Florida. 34,000 ballots right now, and they're actually doing a recount for um, Senator for Bill, Bill Nelson and um, 
Scott. Yeah. Scott. And yep. so the thing, the thing about that now, I was just listening to it a little while ago. That actually may trigger another recount for Gillum and DeSantis because of if the numbers increase one way or you got absentee ballots or provisional ballots that never got counted, if that number is less than 0.5%, it automatically triggers a recount in that one as well. And that's Man. a big thing. Uh, we'll go you, know that, you know that stuff is on its way to the recycling center. Um, <laughs> I heard it's like tens of thousands of absentee ballots that have not yet been counted. I, I got a uh, provisional pay- ballots as well. And provisional ballots. <coughs> and no, by the time you hear this, it'd be too late. Thursday at eight p.m. is the last for anybody who casted their vote in Florida for, with a provisional ballot to prove that your either whatever discrepancy there was when you went to go vote to prove it to have your vote count. So we need to push that out there too. Um, Mike, to answer your question, and Brett, how many voters did you say turned out? Overall, it's somewhere between like 113 million, 110 okay. million, somewhere. Okay, like that. this makes sense then. Um, so ages 65 plus 14 million between early voting and absentee votes. What were his previous numbers? Uh, previous number was somewhere around 9 million. So my question for that was, what do you think that millennial number would have to get to to offset? <clears throat> so if you think it was 3.3 from 18 to 24, do you figure it's two years from now? So you figure the 16, 17-year-old would be 18? Do you think that number can get to 6 million, 7 million? Or do you think it would stay at the three? Because it seems like it's a discrepancy between the older, if they're coming out at 13 million, and the younger is only three, it's still 10 million. But what's the, what's the range on the older? So I can tell you 65. the range is 65 plus, and then they have a 50 to 64, a 40 to 49, a 30 to 39, and an 18 to 29. So the 65 plus is a bigger pool. Then. It is. With the it is a bigger pool, and living a lot longer. And as you go through those, those, those generations, um, <clears throat> as you go down, the number goes down of people that yeah. voted. Mm-hmm. Are you looking at early voting or absentee voting only? Early or it goes, it goes up as the older you get, right? Yeah. Yep. Interesting. Um, then they break it down by race. Caucasian crushed it, like because people are scared. 30, 30, scared 30 million. Earlier absentee voters, Caucasian. It's People are scared of change. Crazy. The it's next crazy. closest would be African American, and we're probably like 10. 25 million. Do you think that's more change or scared of the conflict and the confrontation of being seen and associated with 45 because of the color of your skin? Mm. Scared of change. I'm sorry. Person. I'm sorry. I said. 25 million that's that's a lot um probably two million okay yeah. that's closer to what i was thinking um so what you what, what, what's, your, what's your question mike i said do you think that the large number of caucasians showing during the early vote was because of the just being out or with the mindset that the of the conflict of being associated seen being voted uh, supporting 45 I don't think you don't have to be seen like there's nobody who knows who you're voting for when you go to the polls. So I, I don't think it was. I think it was just the they wanted to make sure they did it and they have a lot more um, accessible resources to make sure they're executing. You know what I mean? Yeah. I have a question, though. So yeah. if there's so many votes that haven't been counted yet, right, absentee and provisional, mm-hmm. where did these folks get their stats from? So I think it's a matter, and I think BJ pointed this out, of statistical, um, I guess, relevance on what it will do to the race. So if it's not going to – statistical impact. So if it's not enough to even impact the race, then they're just like, ah, oh, it's a wash anyway. That's why you would have yeah, Gillum uh, concede and, you know, they check the box. and oh, it's already – it's DeSantis. So, well, they're historical for whatever area, and is it enough to turn it? Even if you do count them, what's it going to do and all that? And there's right. so much like the machines, even in the counting, 
they're they're only you know rated for a certain amount of potential error and then they get audited later on that there's still an opportunity that they could find out that one of the machines is not necessarily you know within the 0.005% error allotment and then they have to do a recount on those valid like there's so areas to and opportunities to be able to I just find it interesting that there's still paper that they give you when you go to the polls, but yet they're able to give you results immediately after the polls close. Well, you're putting them in that machine. You're putting them in the machine, so it scans it. But it's scanning it like, scanning. like the old Scantron for your disclosure. Right. Yeah, so it's, it's that data is available. Allegedly being fed directly into the computer system, like that's what. The reason they went back to paper and um, filling out the thing because punching those holes was what they were saying was um, creating the errors before. And Thanking so you Chad. Be able to exactly go back to Scantron style, but it's being fed into the computer system and um, directly, allegedly directly being able to be uploaded and counted. And so that's what it, uh, with the amount of error that they allow within the, the system. As long as the computers are calibrated to capture everything. And there was actually, there's been cases of the pro, the computers were programmed backwards. So if you voted one way, they counted it the opposite way. That's what that was my like, Who was in charge of that whole programming process to come up with that software package to say, don't worry about it, just trust us. We'll kind of- There were um, places I, with no plugs yesterday. There was, you know, all, all types of crazy stuff going on. So, so one thing that I found, I'm gonna look it up before I go ahead, Kara. I'm gonna look it up before I. Tell I was gonna say there were 25 states that actually allowed voters to vote electronically. Most of it was for military men and women. So the technology is out there. Um, they're just scared that if the Russians could hack a big election, like what could they do? All right. It's about the verification. Yeah, trying to figure out that verification process that they could be able to implement that then would would not be able to be hacked. I mean, especially if it's like a website, web-based. I mean, I think that's that's definitely ways you could have to like taking a picture. You know what I mean? Even if you have to um, take a little short video first to, you know, say your name and have your license right here like this, they could easily be able to verify a person. There's there is one state that you can vote by a mobile app and you guys will never Yes, what state? I know it's somewhere New, crazy. New Hampshire. Somewhere in the middle of the country, man. Idaho. Uh, probably Kansas. Montana. Uh, what's that? This, the, this South Dakota. Wyoming. And, and and no disrespect to them, but it's, it's West Virginia. Oh, I really? Would, yeah. Really? <laughs> wow. <laughs> I didn't know like that. I, I say it oh, really like because um, I got a lot of cousins <laughs> in West Virginia. It was just um, hearing about West Virginia over the weekend. So Rand University, shout out Randy Moss. Yes, yes, yes. Um, Arizona, Colorado, Missouri, and who is that? North Dakota. Uh, they have online portals. Yeah, I don't know. I did the I did the electronic voting one time, my first time voting in uh, at UM, and it was cool and everything. But I just I don't think you can ever secure it uh, enough to be able to keep it trustworthy. I mean, with the yeah, you can all of the suppression efforts that happen just domestic with you know voting machines, uh, miscounting votes, and things of that nature. Like it's just not even. I'd rather stick to the Scantron and trust that. Yeah, my question about the whites was that I find that even in conversation. I hear them explaining who they voted for when, or their displeasure with Trump more than I do. <clears throat> it's almost assumed that black people didn't vote for him, whereas whites have to prove that they didn't by saying outwardly, I'm not a Trump supporter. Saying it doesn't mean what they check it doesn't, doesn't mean that they say it don't mean nothing. And you got to realize bring- that. <laughs> your ballot. aren't even trying to be around anybody who looks like any of us that that are the, the ones that are still going out there voting talking about it amongst themselves i don't know that. i mean it's i don't think any trump supporter has any 
hide at, at this point in the game. I mean, he's two years in this thing and is just as strong as he was, if not stronger, when he first started. So stronger. Right. Mm-hmm. They've been empowered. That's right. Isn't it? This is crazy. BJ, did you find what you were looking for before we moved this? No, I don't. I don't want to quote it because it was some, it was hearsay, and I never actually researched it. But I'm gonna find it before we get off here. Or not. Yeah, so, no. that's crazy. Easy. Hey, so I want to ask y'all something. Yeah, Brett, I'm derailing you. Go um, ahead, man. You got it. So I was watching. Was it yesterday or today? It was a morning talk show, and the basically the subject was. As minorities, do we feel like we have to be perfect in order to be accepted or to reach a certain status? Mm. In what settings? Any setting, business setting, professional setting? Any setting. Personally, I do not, but I do know many who do. Like, it depends on, again, it depends on what you're pursuing, but I definitely know many who do feel like that instance. Shit, excuse me. BJ even said right now, uh, earlier, I can't do No Shave November because I'm not about to be walking yeah. around with the, the crazy beard and everything. And you know what I mean? In front of all these people, and I'm the only example of what an African-American male is. I'm not going to do that. Yeah, I do. I would say, but, but you had to put the two together. It's more being the black with the male than it is just the black. <clears throat> like having more consciousness about being a male part of it and my maleness like the beard like literally am I dressed professionally like I went to the doctor today and I got on sweats and a hoodie like do I need nah you want a doctor alright I ain't shave and but it's that constant consciousness of the perception of black male um but I think more for me it's the male part than it is I guess it's both because if I was a yeah, I'm about to say, if you was a white dude, you wouldn't have cared. You wouldn't have thought about it. <laughs> yeah, that's why I kind of was like, yeah. Nope. I think it's it's an unfortunate circumstance that we find ourselves in. That's why I asked you the setting, Carol, because like when I'm at work inside of my four walls, I'm myself and so much so that it's uncomfortable for those who haven't accepted themselves. I mean, we had the conversation about the watermelon chicken and stuff, right? But if I'm outside on a job, like if I'm at D- in D.C. on a governmental base, government base or at a hotel or something, um, I do think that we have to strive for perfection. I think I heard it on Scandal and probably my grandfather uh, a couple times before. You got to work twice as hard. You got to be twice as fast, twice as good to even be in the same room or conversation with these folks. So I think there is a certain level of perfection that we feel we have to have in order to be able to compete or gain some of the same opportunities. Do you think it's right? We, we Of course we know it's not right, but that's the system. Facts. And until we... I guess uh, send enough or do enough well, to run in this marathon, America. Right. And do enough to create <laughs> our own within that system or create our own system. Um, you know, it's, it's just, you gotta, you gotta be in the game to play and change the rules. So you do what you gotta do uh, while you're there. Survive. So that's the part that I constantly go back and forth and think that is constant BS is the dream of if you get in the system, you can change it when the system is structured to never be changed. So it's almost like you have to... It's not true. Look at the the election system. Yeah, it's not going to work. Look at the election system, though. You see how they constantly move in the finish line because we're getting further and further into the system and we're being more active? I but think that, that's just, but that that is the system though. Right. Yeah, right. Oh, the, of the moving of the finish line you saying? Yeah. Of course because yeah, it's, the it's, I, they have to keep on making you feel that you're gaining something and that you're attaining in order to keep you hey, keep this thing. Oh yeah, sure. sure yeah, you got to close. Anyway, yeah. we're going to so, so I think at some point though it has to be finite. Um because again, we are talking about what can uh, I think there's a certain common decency at some point, right? So that's why I feel like it has to be finite. And you can only push the uh, finish line, but so far before you get some people who's like, hold on, that's crazy. Look at uh, Saudi Arabia, where Khashoggi, uh, that whole uh, assassination situation with the, um, the news reporter. Oh, oh Iran. I don't think it was Iran. 
Um, I know it has something to do with Turkey, and I, I believe it's Saudi Arabia. I'm not, I'm not sure, but it's a, it's a Middle Eastern company, country, and I'm sorry I don't mean to lump all of them in together at one point. I'm no, not trying. No, we're gonna fact check it right now and get the right one. Go right. Ahead. But that whole situation where this guy walks into a building and doesn't walk out, but there's somebody who walks out wearing his clothes, and then you find out later that he got beat up in an interrogation, and then you find out later that he got chopped up and we can't find his body or what have you. So it's like, at some point, the common decency has to step up and we ha there has to be some, so uh, some sort of responsibility or accountability held and the powers that beat her to rally around it. But even in oh. that situation, like the person, oh. that, the person that did the chopping will get caught. The person yeah. that ordered the chopping, you never hear from, never know who they are because yeah, they have Saudi the Arabia. power. Because they got the power to say, if you tell on me, I'm getting you chopped. Yep. So I think that's to a point where it's the power. Like they say, like 1% of the world's population has like the most power or whatever it is. By most the, control, yep. Yeah, so like that part, those are the people that are the system. And as a minority, the thought, okay, well, yeah, you can get elected and you can change and you can make a big difference. Woohoo! Is uh -huh. for those people that are not a part of that group. It's the same bill of goods that they were sold to saying there is the possibility. But even like when we were just talking about earlier, like everything that goes into an election, like it's almost to a point where you feel like, and this is not to discourage everybody, please go vote. But it's to a thought that when you start adding the numbers up, like, does it truly make logical sense for them to count that fast to get the people that they want to well, get? In? Well, here, here, here's, right. the thing. here's the thing. There is a projection on how many people are going to vote. Right. And they know using analytics this number of people is probably going to show up to vote this election. So it, it, it's not surprising to them the number that came out for this midterm election at all. Mm -hmm. And they already had percentages as to who was going to vote where. Mm -hmm. So, and they probably got it with pretty close with who was going to win what. Mm -hmm. And that's the part. As long as we keep acting in a way that they can have projections and have analytics on it, they're always going to be right. And they're going to be one step ahead if we surprise them and more people show up to vote than they can account for, then that's when things get out of hand and you don't know, they don't know what the outcome will be. Mm -hmm. Which I think, I think that was the first Obama election. And there's a couple states that they kind of reflect that this time. Like, and again, I was hearing some of this stuff the last couple of days. I've been getting states confused, but I'll double check that as well. There, um, there's four states that actually allow same day, registration and voting on voting day like those type of processes in place are those those things that are going to keep an extra hundred thousand people extra twenty thousand people heck if you just look at florida alone thirty four thousand people one way was a difference in the um senator election so thirty thousand people across the state of florida just think about how many people were in florida like if 30 people and i'm not saying they're all going to vote one way but just arbitrarily speaking like, if we're just talking about same-day registration in this state, that's something that systems are not put in place to let that happen because of things like that. the outcome may change. So that's going to be railroaded no matter when that comes up. And people are talking about bringing that up to Florida. That is one of the systems that would be in place that I feel would never pass. So, again, we got to figure out what else can do to Carol's point. So it's almost getting to a conversation of change can happen, but may not necessarily be in my lifetime. It it could be, Mike, because it has to be something, um, man, just just erratic. Something that's just, yep, totally unaccounted for, right? So it could happen in your lifetime, right? But we can't plan it. We would never know when it's actually going to happen. And that's the problem is that it takes a certain level of grassroots efforts just to put it out there and keep publicizing and keep educating and uh, encouraging people to show up to vote. Because as long as they can predict our behavior and our behavior is on a certain curve, unless we deviate from the curve, it's going to continue to be status quo. So it's, it's almost a question of what the heck can happen then. And that goes back. But that goes back to to uh somebody just said 
when Barack Obama won the presidency the first time, that was erratic. That was something that was a deviation because they did not think that he was going to be that polarizing of a figure that that many people would come out. So there was nothing that they could do to counter it. Right. It happened. It was voting day and lines was crazy. Exactly. And, yeah. and, and, and that's why if you look at historically people that have a polarizing ability to impact masses, something happens to those people. They get derailed. They get murdered. Something happens. Uh-huh. Right. And because Barack Obama's happened so quickly, there wasn't action that could be taken. Nobody ever thought that was going to happen because of the way that he came about. Mm-hmm. I will say they made sure that they have him occupied after his election. So do you guys think, and I know I don't want to get too far away from your original question about, you know, I, I think it was more so around authenticity um, or, or just being able to be yourself in, you know, several different, different environments, but going along with, uh, you know, what they do to, I guess our leaders that, rise to prominence i feel like it's a different day and age and i don't know that an assassination attempt is even possible at this point in time because of the reaction that you would kind of get what do you how do you guys feel i don't think it can happen just because of the security like it's a different level of security after 9 11 to the minute possibility of an assassination is so remote that it's almost not even worth the attempt to even begin to think about what that plan would be. So it's multifaceted. Yeah. I I can I can see let's take forty five for example. Are you talking about the the base that has been riled up in response to this power, right? That's across the state. Um, all you need is that one fanatical person that's going to attempt to do something, right? Mm-hmm. So we, you seen you seen this guy down here in Florida three weeks ago with all these pipe bombs that all the Democratic leaders got that sent to. Like, I'm not saying that nobody funded him or did this, but somewhere in this man's mind, he was doing a a service to our nation, a party uh, to our nation to to his party to get these key democratic people out the way. Now, whether they were, I, I haven't even heard, were they really going to go off? Were they really built to a point where they could do major damage? But the plan was to, all you need is that one fanatic person to pull out and do something crazy. Now, we all know, yes, security is tight everything, but there's people out here today that are playing the stuff that God knows what's going on. These doomsday people and and I again I'm not trying to lump, but I'm just thinking I watch these shows and their mentality is like the world is against them, conspiracy theorists out out the wazoo. And I, I'm thinking like these people are really think thinking that like what they're doing now, and again, granted, they may be right if the world's coming to an end and they're gonna be the only ones surviving. Who knows? But the when you hear them speak, they've been riled up so much and got to a point where we can't even think, imagine what they're going to do. This guy in, in plantation mailed the stuff down here from Opalaka, Opalaka, um, or was riding through the Opalaka post office. They traced it back there. His van was parked up into, in plantation. They got him. Man, they drove his, his car when they picked him two X's up for me to go to the FBI building that's five minutes away. Like, all this stuff was surreal when all this was going on. My mom called me to talk about where you at. I'm like, what's wrong with you? Like, freaking out like i don't know what's going on but you need that one person that's going to try to do something whether it's a bomb whether it's shooting somebody whether it's taking out the people in a crowd that support them all you need is that one person that's going to push the envelope and you can't prepare for anything that's why we get these cases where we get school students we got mall shootings we get um walking to anywhere it's just crazy a crazy big way well, I was going to say a, a crazy segue is actually my aunt or my cousin, Vicky, excuse me, Vicky Jones was uh, murdered last week. Uh, and actually, it's been two weeks now. I was, I was but, just about to say, and I stopped myself that quick. I didn't want to tread down that path. I apologize. Um, it, it, it's fine. Uh, while it's definitely a crazy story, 
she was, I don't know how many people out there uh, follow that at a Kroger in <clears throat> Louisiana, Kentucky. A man pretty much opened fire inside of a Kroger grocery store, killed one um, gentleman, black guy inside of the store, pretty much murdered him in front of his grandson, shot him in the back of the head, then shot, unloaded a clip in him while he was on the ground inside of the store. Why did he go to the store? Why did he go to the store? In, in specifically, he went to a church. And this is a white guy. Went to the church previously, exactly. A black in, church. A black church, a known black church previously, tried to get in there, was not able to. Then he went to the Kroger. Um, that's where he shot the first gentleman, um, killed him, uh, reloaded his weapon, walks outside, um, gets confronted first by one guy who he pretty much tells, you know, they have a, a standoff and he pretty much tells them that, you know, whites don't kill whites. Then he um, continues walking where my cousin was, I'm, I'm not 100% sure, like if she was huddled trying to hide, but pretty much he shot her in the head and then uh, started shooting her on the ground. While he's shooting her on the ground, there's another lady, another black lady standing next to her, who her husband was like on the other side of the car. He had a, a, a permit, so he pulled out his weapon and started firing at Buddy, which was the only thing that made him not start to shoot the other lady who was next to my cousin um, after he killed her. So then he takes off and, of course, is captured with no type of uh, issues or, or anything by the police after taking, all of taking this. Taking alive, smiling, talking to the camera. And he was just uh, charged on Monday, I believe, but they did not charge him as of yet with a hate crime. It doesn't mean that it can't happen um, on a higher level, but I think as it stands statewide, it's not... Um, he has not been charged with a hate crime, just a murder. So it's been very interesting watching the whole story unfold. But in all of that chaos, I did have the opportunity to go and uh, see my family I haven't seen for a very long time. And I was definitely fighting tooth and nail to go out there. But having the opportunity to reconnect with so many people, uh, especially cousins, I found out I'm pretty much the oldest of the young cousins. So it feels good to still kind of be cool. Um, but had a great time hanging out with everybody, reconnecting, group chats have exploded. So it's just, uh, like I said, in, in chaos, it's always good to find, uh, you know, those sweet spots. Definitely. So, Kay, I want to turn your question around on you because I don't think I got your response, though. But do you feel as though that you have to be perfect within your settings? Um, I think in order for us to even be seen, we have to approach perfection because any little uh, thing they could hold against us, right, could, could stop a bigger opportunity. So, and when I say perfection, it's not necessarily that it's perfection, but you gotta be better than, you gotta be probably twice as good as their average person. Right. You, you, you have to be, again, you have to be a deviation mm -hmm. from what they expect as the norm mm -hmm. in order to even be given an opportunity or even to be looked at. Because if you're not, then you're just another minority. Be disruptive. That's it. I mean, I, I remember riding in a car with um, a friend of all of ours, Jason and Ian, one time right in front of campus. Right. And look at the three of us. There's nothing between the three of us that you would say is criminal activity or criminal looking. I don't know, man. You look like a pretty suspicious dude, man, especially if you was the one driving. I was not driving, I don't think. Um, <laughs> I want to say Ian was driving. But anyway, we get pulled over because we look like gang members. Um and this you had college. all your tattoos this back was, then? Yeah, this was college. I didn't have no. I might have had one. He had one. <laughs> he like, had one. What? Gangsters? He had one. I had one. Members. And then, you know, Jason, he, he got who knows how many nah, he had at that Jason time. Jason didn't, didn't have a whole Jason lot of tattoos at that time. Uh, but, yeah, he did. Yeah, he definitely had a, a decent amount. But he also, two or three. none of our tattoos were But I like, thought they were covered, though, right? They they are invisible. Well, I mean, like on our arms. Oh no, they made like, a show. They like raise your sleeve up. Yeah, 
They want to see what markings we had. Oh. But course, granted, none of these tattoos were like, you know. And then Jason's branded at that time off, though. Oh, that's definitely a gang sign. Gang members. Crazy. Yeah. So, and, you know, and we were, we're educated guys, right? So right. imagine how much more do we have to accomplish to stand out? Right. And not that we're trying to stand out from, from, from our fellow brothers and sisters, but we're already excelling further than what most people would expect. And you still get that line of conversation, right? Even today, mm-hmm. any one of us could be pulled over and we're going to be asked a whole lot of questions about whose vehicle we're driving. Um, what are you doing in this area? All of that's possible. None of us leave the house any given day and think that that's not a possibility. Right. So, so to what level do you have to get? And even once you get in that situation, you have to be able to talk in a certain manner for them to understand that I'm not who you think I am. Uh I remember going over to, um, 6121 (laughs) for a barbecue. This is in Liberty city, ladies and gentlemen. Um, (laughs) and I was supposed to pick up some foil and I forgot to pick up foil when I was leaving my house. So I was almost there. And I stopped to pick up foil at one of the little stores that was close to 6121. And the place got raided right when I was about to leave. And I mean, police are coming, guns drawn, everything. And they're like, hey, you, where are you going? Stop. And I'm like, uh, sir, look at me. Look at them. Listen to the way they're talking to you. Listen to the way I'm talking to you. Clearly, I'm just passing through. <laughs> All I need to do is foil, sir. <laughs> <laughs> and then I just proceeded to walk to my car. Like, I didn't care at that point because it was, look, if you're going to shoot me, shoot me. But other than that, I, I got to get to this cookout. <laughs> <laughs> going down at the 6121. Man. Hey, man, they used to go down at the 6121. We need to have a reunion, man. Figure out who got that house and get that thing back. Oh, nobody knocked it down, didn't they? It got no. knocked down. I don't know no, if it's no, officially what? knocked down. It's still boarded up, though. No, it's not no more. Oh, it's, it's no, no, no. They, they went down there. They were re landscaping last time I went by, and they actually were made it in like two a uh, duplex. Oh, it's a duplex. It's a duplex already. But you mean like they 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 just renovated it? I renovated. There were two properties two, on it. Two mm-hmm. that one built the one sixty one twenty building like two units with the garage. The garage. Yeah, there was like two rooms on one side, and then you had the other room on the other side. There was one room and two. One room on one side, and then two on the other side. Yeah. Because then there was. I'm actually going. I'm going there right. tomorrow. I I take a couple of pictures of them. Yeah. Oh man, yeah. Send us back down memory. Yeah, you know, I'm always in Liberty City. That's some. Just stop. Stop and ask them if we could throw a party there. Yeah, yeah right. I don't, all, I don't know about all that, bro. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love what I did. Y'all throwing parties in Liberty City, boy. That has been oh and crazy. Listen, oh, man. Hey, man. Those, them, well, the two that I went to were... And I mean, Mike, listen. You're having a good portion of the University of Miami Black right. population showing up. Showing up, party. dude. Yeah. yeah. I, you remember, I remember one It's way night. too many people for the house, for the yard. Like, we're all out in the street. Just oh, they love a lot of people. would take over. And I mean, literally, like, black the sea of people... College students coming into Liberty City, just walking down the street, taking over that whole corner that we had. Like we used to have a hell of a time. DJ and all, Sage was out in the building. We talking big speakers, and never used to have no problems. No, of course not. Police. They want a party too. They glad oh, that y'all have the party because the music. And, and they were they coming out looking like, man, y'all are really like, y'all are here. Yeah, yeah. they scared. What's up? Bring us home. Number good. Let's have you come over. Don't come up the head to bring some plates or something. Right? Right? Easy. Hey, before we wrap this thing up fresh, I gotta get the fresh and biz this week, man. What you got for me? Um this week for fresh and biz from your number one entrepreneur ninja. You know, weather through the storm. A lot of times you you can find that um, you know, things are piling up. It's getting a little crazy out there. You feel that you got too much to do. You don't have enough time and and you get caught up in, you know, this tough situation. 
make sure you take the time to clear your head. And as you are weathering through the storm, take time to count those small gains that you were going through. So take time to be thankful that even though you have 20 reports that you have to get in, be thankful that you got two of them done and whatever else was handed and, and keep that momentum. Remember, we're talking about marathons, not sprints. It's a long cycle in your life. It's going to be a long cycle in your business. So make sure that you weather through the storm, push through. That's it. Number one, Entrepreneur Ninja. We out. Fresh and biz. There it is, ladies and gentlemen. Make sure you get this podcast wherever you listen to them. iTunes, Google Play. Uh, Spotify, you got YouTube for the videos, Vimeo. Um, and yeah, make sure you stay connected with us at 13 Floor Please on Facebook, Instagram. Get with us, get fresh with us, get live with us. And Coach K, take us home, baby. If you just simply want to fit in, you will always be boxed in to whatever it is you have fit yourself into. Be the deviation. Be abnormal. That is the only way that you will break through to the next thing. That's the only way that you can course correct, that you can course deviate. That's the only way that you can do something that nobody else has done before. So for those of you that went out and voted, look, man, we appreciate you. Don't feel like your effort was in vain. We need to build the next time. Who will you, who will you bring with you in 2020? Who will you bring with you to your local little whatever elections are happening in your in your community? How will you get involved? Do something that people are not expecting. If you do what everybody else is doing, everybody knows that's what you're going to do. And that's what they're expecting you to. And they can counter that five steps ahead of you. Be the deviation. There it is, ladies and gentlemen. We are done here on the 13th floor where the furniture is the best. But the views are amazing. Okay, win a block party, man. The house will be The 13th party. floor. Yeah, I'll get there. I'll figure out. Okay, because it's supposed to snow on Friday. And we- the 13th floor. <laughs>